You're listening to From the Burgundy Chairs, a podcast for health system leaders created by Santis Health. Hi, everyone. My name is Pia Lindemann Christensen, and I'm a senior consultant here at Santis. Today, I'm joined by Paul Francis Jr. to discuss the importance of providing culturally safe care for Indigenous peoples. Together, we will explore the approach and journey one healthcare organization in Northern Ontario has embarked on over the last five years to meet the recommendation of recognizing and implementing Indigenous healing practices in healthcare settings. Miigwech, Pia. Aniya, Bojo, Shkade, Indigo, Gaye, Manitou, Benes, Indigo, Makwa, Nindo, Dem, Komkong, Nindo, Jiba, Thunder Bay, Nindao. So I just wanted to... Uh, you know, introduce myself in, in a traditional manner and uh, share my my traditional name, uh, my clan, where I come from, and uh, where I live today. And it, it's a, sh- a short introduction, but it uh, really, uh, for for language speakers and other Anishinaabe people, they really have an understanding of, of who I am and uh, what my purpose is in, in life and uh, some of the work that uh, the work that I'm doing today. So today I, I work for St. Joseph's Care Group, which is a, a large Catholic healthcare organization in Thunder Bay that provides supports to people of uh, not just in Thunder Bay, but within uh, the Northwest uh, region uh, with a special focus of meeting unmet needs. So we, we operate a rehabilitative care hospital, uh, long-term care, and a pretty large mental health uh, and addictions portfolio. I'm very honored to uh, have you join me today, and I'm excited for the next little half hour where we are going to discuss some of the things that you have done at St. Joseph Care Group. You have so much insight and wisdom, and um, I'm, I'm very happy to be joined by you, so welcome. Paul, in 2015, the Truth and Reconciliation Commission of Canada released its final report, and this included findings, recommendations, and 94 calls to action. It was based on years of research and listening to stories from former residential school students. And out of these 94 calls to action, seven of them were related to health. And let me just ask as a start, why is it important to focus on reconciliation in healthcare? Well, I I think it's important to note, you know, even before uh, the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, there, there was the Royal Commission on Aboriginal People that was established in, in 1991 and the, the final volumes released in 96. And these were comprehensive uh, uh, engagements with the Indigenous community. And, you know, largely, I think, you know, the the, the recommendations were, were shelved. And, and we are uh, eight years into the TRC, and it seems like we haven't made much progress but I think there is still a significant opportunity to to reset that relationship with Indigenous people, and and a good place to to focus would be healthcare. And so much of the history uh, that our people have faced, it the health outcomes that we face today are are a direct result uh, of that history and and ongoing colonialism. So, um, you know, there's uh, just in St. In St. Joe's terms, you know, we, we look to meet the unmet needs and there's significant unmet needs with, for, for our population. Um, so I think that, you know, um, it, it's really important to, to understand that, that history uh, and why our people have the, the health outcome, poor 
health outcomes that we do do today. Thank you. Um, so I also just wanted to go back to one of those seven uh, health-related calls to action. It's number 22. And in that call to action, it calls upon, and this is this is a quote, it calls upon those who can affect change within the Canadian healthcare system to recognize the value of Aboriginal healing practices and use them in the treatment of Aboriginal patients in collaboration with Aboriginal healers and elders where requested by Aboriginal patients. So... As you just said, St. Joe's is a healthcare organization that provides care uh, for those with unmet needs and also to a large indigenous population via your position in uh, in Northern Ontario. Could you share with us um, the approach and journey that St. Joseph Care Group has taken to meet this call to action over the last couple of years? I, I want to first highlight, uh, share a little bit of a story that might um, help people un- understand, and, and then I can get into a bit of the uh, more of the approach that that we've taken here, uh, and, and even an understand of you know traditional healing and what what that might really look like. And so it's probably going over about ten years uh, now. I was I actually moved home uh, to Manitoulin Island uh, to take care of my father, and he he was having significant. Uh, health challenges. Uh, he's partial paraplegic. He had a significant wound, and so you know we we were working to 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 really try and take care of that wound and working with the the medical system, and things weren't weren't quite working, and so I I came into contact with some family. Um, we went to to ceremony in, in one of the local First Nations for help on on healing for my father. And so we did a specific ceremony and request for him, and we were given through that ceremony uh, the medicine and process to use. Uh, and I won't go into all the details. Um, and so my family that was supporting me actually moved in with us. Um, we used the outer bark kind of like a gauze uh and and then that the the actual tree uh, as a medicine and within about a month um that wound shrunk from about the size of a, a hardball you know down to about a loony uh and we were receiving home care at, at the time and you know uh, I, I incorporate in, in my own life i use you know smudge our house and and try to live that that traditional lifestyle and some staff were, you know, were were quite rude, where they would actually document uh, comments and uh, in their case notes and things like that. And and some were were more open. And so this one nurse was pretty open, and you know, and because we were we were doing this, and then before they would come in, we would take off the the bark. Um, so the point is, there, you know, there's not a lot of trust between traditional healing. Um, and the Western system. And so when I say traditional healing, I want our viewers to understand this was our whole traditional system prior to to European contact. And that was, you know, use of ceremony, use of uh, elders, use of uh, uh, every everything that we had, uh, prayer. Uh, so really important. It was a comprehensive system. Um, and this is part of what the the, the healthcare system um, didn't didn't make room for. And so at St. Joe's, uh, we started with you know a, a kind of a Western way of uh, 
you know, cre creating a document called Walking with Humil Humility that lays out uh, a long-term strategy. Um, but it's 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 framework to inter interweave with with St. Joe's um, proposal. And one of the main areas we really started was to offer that that traditional healing um, and meeting with the medical directors and and medical leadership uh, and really trying to give an understanding of what of what that means. So what has that meant for um, for people for indigenous people that you as a healthcare organization are working towards including um, and and making space for indigenous traditional healing practices? Well, part of it is is uh, you know having the space to do that, having the policies to do that. So we've we've done a lot of work and you know and a lot we're we're a multi-site organization, eight, eight sites within Thunder Bay and. You know, making sure we have space to do that. Uh, we do also have some out, uh, outdoor spaces uh, where we can do do ceremony and, and and things like that. But we do have a beautiful spiritual gathering lodge here in in St. Joe's um, that that we're able to do that. I've seen quite a uh, a few of those uh, changes you've made to the made to the physical space uh, at the care group. Um, quite some of them are quite extraordinary. They're quite beautiful. Um, and what do you think? How has this helped uh, Indigenous people um, remove barriers to access care at at a more Western care setting? So, so what we've done is we're we're still developing our our team, but we have you know uh, Indigenous health associates that are trying to support any Indigenous client that come in, into our facilities to really help with navigation um supporting their 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 care plan and really listening to to their their needs and there is a lot i think the, the important thing when people don't have the full understanding of history and different perspectives they don't understand the the mistrust uh, a lot of our people uh, have within within the mainstream healthcare system and so our our team plays an important role to to help uh, keep that keep that trust, uh, and then from there we we have our own traditional healing program called Nanandwe Iwin, and in Nishnabe Moen, the loose translation is of that is is someone seeking healing, and so we have a dedicated team uh, with utilizing elders and and community healers um, to support them in that path of healing if that's what they like. But unfortunately, not all of our people will still go down that line because of the history of colonization and and some of the fear. So there's still a lot of challenges to to overcome. Um, but we do have that space, you know, for one to one uh, appointments, doctoring, and we do have um, approaches such as the sharing circle, uh, you know, sweat lodges, uh, bringing in. Uh, elders, um, e even traditional crafts, um, a little bit of traditional foods, things like that to support clients uh, in their healing and, and wellness. And how do you think that that has uh, changed the way that um, Indigenous peoples feel like they are receiving culturally safe care? How, how has that changed their care experience at the at the care group? Well, I think we have a long ways to go, but I think that, you know, this is something where um, our people, you know, when they see their own people working, um, people that understand their experience, um, that helps with the, the trust. 
whether it's even just maybe explaining a little bit more of some of the medical terms or, uh, you know, spending a little bit of that time listening to, to them. So a lot of the clients that we have come from the north, they may not have you know, all, all their family here to be able to visit. And, and and there's a lot of a lot of challenges that we face. And so our, our our team is really able to to really listen. And I think clients and patients are really feel trust with our team to be able to share things. And so we're able to be, you know, be able to bring those and advocate to to the care team on on what, you know, to really in, in, entrench, you know, that client-centered care, which is one of the goals of our organization. Listening to you and also having worked with you for a bit now, I um, I see that you have made a lot of progress as an organization um, in the way that you're changing, how you provide care, how you include Indigenous peoples and elders uh, in the care. Um, but you lot, as I said, you, you've made a lot of progress, but what comes next for the care group? What are you going to do to keep the momentum going or are you satisfied with where you are today? Well, well certainly not satisfied. Um, you know, there's, uh, I, I, the list goes on of, of the lack of access to culturally rooted services, the significant health disparities and the gap between uh, the population. You know, zero of the seven of the TRC health calls have been implemented. You know, there's, you know, we we characterize it as, a, you know, a profound and significant crisis. We're always in crisis. Um, so there's so much work uh, to do. But for St. Joe's, I think we're in a good uh, place where we're really leading this work uh, through through my position. Uh, another key feature that that we have, which is fairly u- unique. Uh, is we're led by and advised by an elders council called the Ogichida Anaknagewin, which loosely translates into elder law. And and they, it's a, a member six six elders um, who are all rooted in in the culture and traditions. They all speak their language. They're all residential school survivors. So they they really guide our work and direct us and and support us in this work so that has been a key key feature and so we're building our team so we have it we've grown from a a team of one to about 20 in a in a relatively short amount of time and there's some really key we're in some really key strategic processes so we're undergoing a, a comprehensive strategic plan uh and our program is also doing a a comprehensive evaluation um, so those those two processes are really going to inform um, the direction for for the next four years, and and so that will take us into the walking with humility. Uh, it fo- follows the uh, the the medicine wheel, and so this will take us into the the west direction, um, and really set us up for for the future. But a lot of this work has really been just looking internally within St. Joe's. And so we haven't really, although we do have some really significant and good partnerships with First Nation or Indigenous health organizations, um, there, there's a significant work still needed to to really engage with the community and client, Indigenous clients and families uh, and really build those partnerships. So I think, you know, that will be some significant work 
within within to the future. And uh, another area we're we're really tackling within healthcare is uh, is racism and discrimination. And so you know the it's been just a few years since the in plane site in BC was released, and you know the system is pretty much across Canada very similar. And so we we face those challenges. And we're really uh, working our uh, hardest to to tackle that, and through policy and through really looking at quality, really looking at our quality structures, and and making sure um, you know they're 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 culturally safe. Now you've mentioned a couple of times the walking with humility. Um, I know that you recently launched the second report of that. Could you just tell us a bit about? what the importance and the impact and significance of that um, report is. So our, our report is has four pillars and it, it really looks at here for our people, which we generally look at as the clients and the people we serve. Um, you know, and so that that's really about developing our clinical services, developing our traditional healing services. Uh, and then as well as here, here for our people, which is really looking at our staff, our physicians, our, our volunteers. There, there's a lot of uh, work to do on in regards to education and people understanding the history of, of residential schools. Many Canadians still may not even know what that is. Um, you know, there's Indian hospitals, which even has less understanding and, uh, you know, research done on, on, on those. So we do a, a good amount of work educating our staff. And so we've done uh, a local initiative called Wake the Giant that was developed here in Thunder Bay um, by Dennis Franklin Camardi High School. Uh, so it's an online module that that uh, our staff are all, all to take. Uh, we've also developed our own training called Repairing the Sacred Circle. And this is really, um, you know, the anti-racism work that we're trying to do and giving uh, our staff a baseline understanding. And we're currently just developing uh, part two to that, which will really try and look at behavioral change and really understanding the, the trauma. And so we, we spend a lot of time on that. And we also have uh, a corporate committee um, that puts on annual events to really understand uh, to enhance the relationship uh, with Indigenous people. So, you know, whether that's Treaty Week, whether that's, you know, having understanding of our culture and our values, uh, you know, celebrating uh, June, National Indigenous History Month, National Truth and Reconciliation. We, we've, the last three three years, we've put on uh, four-day sacred fire, which has really brought a lot of healing and understanding uh, to both sides. So yeah, education is a huge part of our work. I think it's absolutely safe to say that St. Joseph Care Group is on an incredible journey and that you're taking admirable steps in focusing on reconciliation in healthcare. Um, you may even be considered a leader amongst your peers. If other healthcare organizations are among our listeners today, what are some of the initial steps that you recommend that they can take towards um, implementing reconciliation in healthcare? Well, I th I think the most important, and and that's really what the walking with humility means, and so it's based on one of our our seven grandfather teachings, uh, and really highlighting that you know we can't know everything, although we do have a lot of great 
you know, physicians and uh, physiotherapy and, you know, all these, the, the, these great things that are healthcare systems, we can't know everything. And our people, you know, generally have not fared well in these systems that, that, were, that weren't designed for us. And so, you know, there's a lot of cultural uh, barriers and understanding where we actually do more harm. And, and that's where, you know, we say we want to lead this work and we want people to understand uh, our history, understand our culture, uh, understand our healing ways in order to, to, to make things better. You know, it, it's, it's a lot of work in repairing the, the relationship um, from a lot of the historical things uh, that are starting to, to come to light um, within, within Canada. But, you know, I think it's really listening to, to the voices of, of our people um, and humbling yourselves. And there's so many reports out there, uh, so many good documents. You know, we're, we're really at a time where we really need to invest resources and really, really prioritize and really make a commitment to it. You know, and if, if we look at, you know, COVID-19 and the pandemic and, you know, how as a system we we responded to to the you know to to that you know I, I wish that level of attention would be paid to the, to the health crisis that that our people are facing across Canada you know there's a lot of good work with um, health transformation and our own people developing our own systems but the reality is a lot of our people are still within the mainstream healthcare system uh, and and there's a lot of work to 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 make these spaces culturally safe. So what I, I hear you saying is that that the important thing is if you're starting to uh, a journey in this in this uh, area is to start with listening, be committed, uh, and invest the resources to really make changes in at, at at the levels of the organizations. Are there any key lessons learned that you would like to leverage to to partners who are embarking on their own journey in this at this moment? I think that is just not one, it's not one thing. And if you look at the, the walking with humility, you know, it looks at everything. It looks at governance. It looks at leadership. It looks at quality. It looks at policy, education. So our, our, our team works across the cuts across the whole organization. Um, I, I don't think people fully understand um the, the pillars of that responsibility to to healthcare. And so, you know, we have, I know this will be launched during treaty week, you know, we have treaties where, you know, these were part of the agreements that our people would have good health and wellness. You know, we have our rights in, in, the, in the constitution entrenched in, in the Canadian constitution. Um, we have UNDRIP, you know, have, we have all these fundamental documents and legal um, principles to to support the need. It's just the the will has to to be there, uh, and it has to. It can't just be a a once every three months where we're doing this, we're doing that. It has to become a priority of your organization, um, and and really engaging. Uh, indigenous people in, into a relationship, and and that was the original uh, intent. Mm-hmm. So definitely lots of work to uh, to embark on, and lots of lots of lots of opportunities uh, to do better and to improve. 
But if we uh, look ahead, what is your vision for the Canadian healthcare system in the future? So if, if we spoke again in, in three years and five years and 10 years, what would make you say that we have succeeded as a nation in prioritizing reconciliation in the healthcare system? We could say right now we have, you know, a, a pretty broken system, you know, a, a lack of, you know, the HHR crisis. Uh, there, there's a lot of challenge challenges within within the system. And and quite typical of, of Canada and other systems, we've never really included or, or thought to uh, include Indigenous people. And so I think we have an opportunity, you know, whether it's through, you know, really investing in traditional healing and, and, and integrating that within the system. And so I think that's the opportunity uh, that, I, that I see, um, which will create significant work. But, you know, I think this will add to, to the system, you know, because our, our ceremonies and our practices uh, when you talk to the elders, they're they're there for everybody, and so that you know our ways really have opportunity to to work for a lot of people. And if you look at our our healers, our elders, it's that same um, values that our healthcare organizations have of 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 care and compassion, you know. And our elders and that you know really embody those those values and and how to work with people. Um, so that there's a there's a lot a, a lot to learn from indigenous knowledge uh, and elders and uh, incorporating those where where we can, and so those are the things that 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 get me excited. But in the future, you know, I would really like to see si significant uh, resources and attention given to to the crisis and really trying to you know capture better data that's showing the disparities start to to fade away because you know amputations diabetes lower life expectancy higher rates of chronic chronic disease the list goes on suicide addictions and mental health you know it, it, it's 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 a lot of work to do um and not all of it can be done by the healthcare system but um you know i think we can really do do our part uh to serve uh our people better Absolutely. Paul, thank you so much for joining me today. And thank you for sharing your perspectives and your experiences from St. Joseph Care Group. Some of the things that I've learned today is that we have a long way to go to improve care for Indigenous peoples, but also that with the right approach, we have the opportunity of improving the way Indigenous peoples are included in and cared for in the healthcare system in Canada. And if we manage to do that, we'll, we'll have a chance to move a step closer to reconciliation in healthcare. So thank you once again, Paul, for joining me today. Miigwech. I would like to end this episode with a traditional song performed by Rena Larrabee, traditional healing manager of Nadobi Benassi at St. Joseph's Care Group. Rena is also a member of Lac de Milo, Lac First Nation.
Yo, hero, 